You know, the good book says it's not good that man should be alone, but what if you are? That's what we're going to talk about in today's program. Stay with us. Welcome to The Home Place. I'm Paul. This is my wifey, as I call her, Carolyn, and uh, we're delighted to join you again. Today we're in week four of our Sabbath School lessons, and it's entitled When Alone. Mm. This is uh, family seasons. That's the, that's the topic that we're on. But, you know, even in a family, sometimes we end up alone. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, right there at the beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 2, I mean, you can't get much nearer the beginning. And God said, it's not good for man, that man should be alone. Obviously, he meant woman should be alone <laughs> or, or anybody really should Humankind. be alone. But the interesting thing about this verse is that God said this to Adam, mm -hmm. but Adam lived in the perfect place. Think about it, in the mm -hmm. perfect environment. He had face-to-face -face time with God but it still was not good for him to be alone. Um, but what we're looking at this week is what happens if you are alone? Mm -hmm. um, it, it's, it's a real problem. Many times I think people are lonely and they don't want to admit it. Why, why, don't you, why do people not want to admit that they're lonely, do you think? Somehow it's not viewed as real socially acceptable to say I'm lonely. Right. I'm so, not quite sure why that is. It's almost like, you know, I'm an introvert. It's like, oh, poor you. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about that a little bit later because <laughs> um, it does kind of come into this series today. I, I think that, I mean, that there's nothing wrong with pets <laughs> or, or really any of these things I'm well, going to mention. Let's face it, Adam had, if, if anybody yeah. had pets, Adam had oh, all yeah. of them. You know, he could get his hands on every one of those. Right, right. So pets really are, it's still not good that man should be alone, even if he's got, you know, every pet under the planet. <laughs> but I'm thinking, you know, since time has gone on in this world, we've got sports, mm -hmm. we've got entertainment uh, and social media. I can't help but think social media has taken off and entertainment and sports keep going because People are trying to fill a gap in mm -hmm. their hearts, a gap that only God can fill. Mm -hmm. um, so, so he's the true answer to loneliness then? Yeah, but that's, I think you're right, but that can almost be a cliche. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, you're lonely, just fall in love with God and everything will be great. And that really is the answer. But, you know, how does that work practically and what, what part do we play in any of that? I think, I think it's the answer underneath everything else, but then things have to be built on top of right, that. Right, right. So we've got another text we wanted to share with you here. Um, we're, on, we're moving on to Sundays now. Uh, Sundays was called companionship. It's kind of funny that we're talking about loneliness. And the, <laughs> the first bit of the study we get into is about companionship, but um, it's, good, it's good to cover it. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 there says, Two are better than one. Two people, and it goes on to say, if one falls, the other mm -hmm, can get him mm -hmm. up. If one's cold, the other can keep him warm. Um, but then in verse 12, it says a threefold cord is not easily broken. So that seems to me that if you've got two people and you add God into the mix, that is the ultimate. Mm -hmm. it, that, that's what you know God designed for us, a husband and a wife and him. I mean, that's the start of the family and then children come mm -hmm. along. But if there is no wife, or there is no spouse, husband, then can it still work with two? 
Can yeah. it still work with one person and God? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe it can. I believe it can. You know, I think everybody has seasons where they are lonely. Yeah, have you ever been lonely? Oh, yeah. You're willing to admit that on oh, camera? Oh, yeah, I've been lonely. The, the other thing about loneliness, I've been lonely as well. The other thing about loneliness is it's the strangest people that are lonely. You can be lonely in a crowd. Oh, yeah. Everybody can look at you and think, oh, you're married and you've got five children and you, know, you do this and you do that. And you can still be lonely in the crowd. Um, and that, isn't that a tragic situation? It makes it harder to spot the lonely person. Right. And I feel like I want to get into this introvert, extrovert <laughs> subject now. It's going to have to happen. So let's just do this. Right. <laughs> so we know that extroverts are those that are who's bodies brains hearts are charged by people yeah and introverts usually are the ones that are drained by that experience right and they need a little bit more alone time to right. charge back up and and culturally and out there in society typically extroverts are the people you want to be around introverts are looked on as a more negative side it's like oh never mind sorry poor you you're an introvert yeah you're well, it's often labeled introvert I know shyness and introverts not the same, but it's often, often right. sometimes labelled the same. And it's like, oh yeah, nice child, just a bit shy. You know, and like, that wasn't that, positive. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, I don't know how many years ago it was, but we did that test, the Myers-Briggs test, yes. and I am 100% introvert, and you are pretty extroverted. So he's the nice guy and I'm not. There you go. No, no, no. That's <laughs> but, not how it but is. But it's interesting because when you understand that and you understand a little bit more about what makes people tick, it can help you to spot a lonely person and, un and understand why some people may not appear to be lonely. Now, when we moved to the Republic of Ireland, if you remember, yes. I was way pregnant with Hannah and we moved from the UK to Ireland to get a country home and we didn't know one single person no Not, family no there. family no no, no friends no, no church yep. no anything just and, you and me and a little right. 20 and we baby. moved to the country i loved to be in the country i started a garden did all these things and i was fulfilled i'm just being really honest and after about nine months you said i was pulling my hair out he's like, like wifey i just need people and i'm like what? We didn't understand this then, so I'm like, what is wrong with him? I'm doing great. <laughs> and you know how long it took me to feel that way? 18 months before I finally felt like I could use having some people around. And I had lots of people. I had a business. I was in right, and out talking right. to people all the time, but I needed... Clo I needed friends that were close. Right. I mean, not that you weren't close and not that now our children were along, but it was, we're, we're all built. In fact, I've got a quote here. This is out of order. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> here it is. Um, this is not really to do with loneliness. The desire for love and sympathy, which actually is linked with loneliness. I think lonely people, that's what they want. They want love and they want sympathy. The desire for love and sympathy is implanted in the heart by God himself. Christ, in his hour of agony in Gethsemane, longed for the sympathy of his disciples. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's not wrong. I don't think it's wrong to feel lonely. No, I, no, I, I think that comes when our God-given desire is not being filled mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. um, and I just want to go back to that introvert thing because this is what can happen. So, for example, sometimes you're all gone. My whole family is gone and I'm left home alone. And particularly last year when I was sick right. and people could feel like, oh, they want to come around and see Carolyn because she must be feeling so lonely. I was enjoying just some 
alone time. Right. But I wasn't lonely. That's but, the deep, that, go on, go on, But go on. I could be at some social event and in a crowd of people and I could feel lonely because everybody's having this fun time. Right, but it's not meeting it's you. It's not meeting me at a deeper level. Right. So I'm using me as the example, so put it all onto me, but an introvert typically can feel that way. It's like there's a lot of small talk. Introverts kind of shrivel up under small talk. They right. just want one person to have a heart to heart and then they don't feel lonely. Yes. So it's just useful to understand that because it helps our lonely radar, if you will, to pick up who's lonely and then we can reach out in appropriate ways. Yes. Now, oftentimes loneliness comes to an unmarried person, um, you know, because they see a lot of couples. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But I just wanted to run through the lesson brought this out. There's Jeremiah um, was told never we're, to we're marry. We're on Mondays, We're right? on Monday, yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Jeremiah was told never to marry. He spent his whole you know, life being unmarried. Mm -hmm. He didn't have that special person in his life. Ezekiel's wife died. Um, pretty unexpectedly, and he was left alone. I mean, these are great men. I mean, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, I mean, they're huge parts of the Old Testament. Um, Hosea, um, you know, he went through a broken marriage, but he was a mighty man of God. And then Paul the Apostle. I mean, he not only was Paul single, He's right there in Corinthians telling other people you should be single. <laughs> and then Jesus himself right, never married. Right. But all of these people were just fine people. And so it's it's not wrong to be alone. God, so, God can use people who are alone. So what if you are a single person and you want to be married? Ooh. That's a tough one. Now, you know, just you because I just want to say, just because I'm an introvert, I was all the way back then, though I didn't know it. Just because I'm an introvert doesn't mean I didn't want to be married. I did. <laughs> and in my in my kind of early 20s, I had several relationships that went the wrong way, didn't didn't work out. And I decided by the time I was 24, I'm done with this stuff. I was a midwife and I'm going to go be a missionary midwife till I die. Right. And that was that was my plan. And, you know, I think sometimes we can want something so bad that we're not willing to surrender to the Lord. And I think the Lord was waiting for that surrender right. till I finally got to the point where I said, God, I'm done pursuing this stuff. I'm just going to give myself 100% to you and the mission that you've given to me. And, you know, within, oh, it was just a few weeks of me making that decision. Guess who showed up? <laughs> and when he showed up, I'm like, Lord, you can't be serious. I was committed now to being single the rest of my life. Right. I think what happened to you then is important. And we talked about it's this the a little surrender bit. surrender part. Yeah, we talked this about a little bit last week in Choices mm -hmm. that we've got to get to the point where we are willing to surrender our will, mm -hmm. even if that means I want to be married. We've got to get to the point. And sometimes this happens by, well, that didn't work. And this person <laughs> turned on me and it's like, I'm done. Um, but if that hasn't happened, I think we need to get to the point where God, it's you and me. And if it's just you and me forever, right. that's good. And I think when we get to that point, then God, that's then a blessing. He can Not do that we stuff. have to get to that point, but sometimes. Well, but I think he wants all of us to get to a point of true surrender in our hearts. Yes. And the key to that is that it shows whether it's there as if then when the thing that you've surrendered comes back, you're like, what is this about? Rather than finally, here it is. Right, right. <laughs> so, you know, this was um, under the, the unmarried life. Mm -hmm. um, and then we go on to talk about when marriage ends, you know, when there's a, a divorce or um, something like that we're going to go on to, to death again in a minute. But um, divorce, 
you know, you and I have not been through mm -hmm. divorce, but we have had to do with people yeah. in just horrible, horrible situations. And um, either helping to prevent that inevitable situation. Yeah, or, or ministering to people. Ministering once to those it, who have yeah. had that. But if somebody close to you hurts you, it hurts so much more. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're in the grocery store and as you're walking out, you know, somebody says to you, man, you had the last decent apples, you know, making an accusation that, you know, it's like, oh, I'm sorry. And it's not going to necessarily ruin your day unless you're a very sensitive soul. Um, us extroverts aren't quite so sensitive, so that wouldn't, <laughs> that wouldn't ruin my day. <laughs> but, you know, if you made an accusation against me, you know, you're an unloving husband. Oh, that would gut me to, mm -hmm. to the... So the, the closer somebody is, the, the harder it is. That's why divorce is so difficult, because this is somebody you were very intimate with. I mean, maybe you even had children with and you've grown to love and you had the wedding and all of that and now there's the misunderstanding and the hurt and just all that baggage. Well, and the in. financial mess that yes, comes out yeah. of such a thing. Uh, and, and there's a great feeling of betrayal. Mm -hmm. um, and those things, if you're watching this and you've been through a divorce, I am so sorry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. got to be one of the hardest things because if somebody dies, it's like, okay, they're gone. They're gone, but with a divorce, they're, they're still alive. They, well, with a divorce, they chose to be gone. <laughs> right, right. And, uh, and maybe they go on and they get into another relationship. And if, if you were still in love with that person, terrible, terrible mm -hmm. situation. So in that situation, where can a person find their, their, their peace and their fulfillment? It's got to come from the love letters from the Lord. It's mm -hmm. got to come from the Word. It, it's, it's and good friends. And good friends, yeah. And, and, I think, and a supportive church. Yeah, I think this is where I wanted to speak. It is super important. If you have not really experienced loneliness or presently you are not going through loneliness, maybe you're completely fulfilled in life uh, and loneliness is the last thing on your mind, please, God has given you a gift to reach out and look out for those people who are left out. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're at a social gathering or if you're at a, even at church, um, keep an eye out for the people who seem to be just not quite so in the group. Because uh, there could well, well be a hurting heart there. There could. And could I say that it goes both ways? In that sometimes yeah. when we've gone through something like that, and we're feeling lonely and we kind of have a feeling like everybody else should know that. And you're right, they should. They should know that. But it, it's not going to help us if we go to church or we go to an event and there we are and we come away and we say, and nobody spoke to me. Well, okay, that's not good. Definitely not good. But what about, did you speak to anyone? Right. Did you, did you sometimes when we're lonely, we have to realize that other people might not pick it up. We kind of expect them to get that. Well, and I think the reason why, I mean, I'm just being really vulnerable myself. I, I've been lonely. Mm -hmm. And the last thing I want to do is act lonely. I want to act like I'm all, you know, <laughs> grown up or, you know, just I'm just fine. Inside, we're hurting. And I think that's pride. Oh, yeah. You know, so if you are lonely, it's okay. You know, when somebody says to you, you know, how was your week? Well, it was a little lonely. 
you know, that's not that's not bad. Right, um, because because this is a busy life that we all lead, and people just don't always tune into that. Well, in a world we live in a world of selfishness. Yes, yeah? selfishness <laughs> rules, and so if there's a lot of selfish people, there's going to be some left out. Because we're all just serving ourselves, and other people just um, the 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 lesson study brought out that there was a lady, and I actually did some research in London, and she died, and it was <laughs> it was two years before anybody found her. She was paying her rent on automatic payment, and there was some debt forgiveness thing set up, and she died. The TV was still going all that time. Eventually, they came to evict her and found. Wow. It's terrible. Don't let that happen to mm. anybody in mm. your neighborhood or your church. Um, mm. we got to be tuned in to the lonely people. I guess we're moving on to death now. <laughs> we are, yes. <laughs> you know, I know in weeks to come we're going to deal with some other topics. Yeah. But obviously we needed to deal with this first. Yeah, definitely. Because if, if you're alone, this week's, this, this quarter's study about family seasons can be pretty tough. Mm -hmm. Um, but lonely people have a part in other people's families. They, they can minister. Maybe you can become part of somebody else's family, not, you know, by adopted adoption. adopted grandparent yeah, or, but, you know. Um, yeah, we know single people that, you know, uh, are very outgoing in terms of giving of themselves and they, they are fulfilled. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So death and loneliness. What if you've been married for you know, Well, you know, it's kind, of, it's kind of the writing's on the wall, isn't it, when you get married? Till death. Do us part. Yeah. It's like right there. And of course, absolutely none of us are thinking of that. Are thinking of what even really think about that line. We all say it because that's part of what you say, but it's not right. something we really want to think about. Yeah. And you've probably heard stories of, you know, an old person, they've been married 67 years or something, and, and uh, the wife dies or the husband dies, and it's not but six months later that the other one dies. And it's of a broken heart. And I think that's because the That's connection... what would happen to me. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, dear. I better... You need I better... to stick around because I'm... I'm not going to last if you don't. <laughs> so it is a, it's a real thing that when one passes away, the other is left. And so if you know anybody who has recently lost a spouse, please reach out. You know, make an excuse to go around and visit. Invite them round. Do whatever you've got to do because they might not necessarily be in the mode to, or in the mood to party, but they would sure appreciate somebody just taking them to town or just spending a bit of time with them. And also, if you've lost your spouse, don't be afraid to grieve. And I know that sounds kind of funny, mm -hmm. but I mean that because there are some people who don't grieve for years later. Right. And they finally grieve. And it's like, and I think that's damaging to the health right. and emotions. So if you've lost a precious loved one, allow yourself the privilege to grieve. Yeah. Jesus wept. Right. When, right. when his friend died and that wasn't his spouse. Um, so, but I think we do need to uh, also do the flip side of that. We can't just give ourselves up to uncontrollable Absolutely. grief. And it's just yeah. like whole world falls apart because... It, it, it's our duty, I think, to resist the just falling into the bottomless pit of, of grief. You, um, but I think when somebody does die, we've got to look way ahead to the, the new earth. And right. you had a scripture you were going to share with us. 
Revelation 21 and verse 4, verse 4 says, And God shall wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. You know, it's so, it's so very true. That is what we have to look forward to. And, you know, I lost my father when I was 30, mm. and he was a very important part of my life. And so I've understood that kind of loss and grief. And when you've been through loss and grief, and you are making your way out the other side, that doesn't mean the person is now forgotten about. That means there's an, a hole and an ache in your heart that's always there, but it gets deadened a little bit as time goes on and it's easier to to push past it and to move on but you never forget but then I think what God allows for us then is those of us that have been through that kind of loss have much more ability and the tools to be able to help those that encounter loss Amen. so it's an opportunity and by by doing that we ourselves are blessed right and it kind of is part of that healing. And my father used to talk about, you know, heaven an awful lot to me. And when my father passed away, I just remember thinking, I just need to stay faithful, of course, to meet my precious Savior, Jesus, but then to meet my dad again. Right, right. Um, lastly, we looked at spiritually single. I don't like that term, but I understand <laughs> that sometimes you can find yourself in a marriage and you long for spiritual companionship. But you have the physical companionship. Yeah, but the person you're married to either doesn't believe or believes differently. Or, or, or you know, either you were both together on the same page when you married and now one of you has gone away from the Lord or you both married still on the same page and then one of you became a Christian. Right. Either way, you're kind of spiritually single. Right. So what what can a person like that do? What what? How can they... Well, uh, should they just divorce that person? Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, <laughs> well, let me read for you. Till death do us part, right, not till, right. you know, And I asked the question because it has been asked of us. Right. And we, we never give that as a good answer. But it's also, we also know situations where that has happened just for that single reason. Right. But in the Bible, it tells us, 1 Corinthians 7. We don't have this one on And the verse 13, I have it here, says, And a woman who has a husband who does not believe if he is willing to live with her, let her not divorce him. Verse 14, for the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. So it's not time to throw in the towel. It's, it's time to... Quite the opposite. It's time to throw in the love. And it, in it's fact, time to make this person the number one um, love of your life and just lavish them with everything that God has given you and right. maybe they'll come round. <laughs> right, well, the Bible actually says that elsewhere. Right. It says that they might be won by the godly conversation of your of you. But it's important to know it's the it's the godly conversation. That's an old-fashioned word mm -hmm. for conduct. It's not, you know, pounding on them. You need to Whacking come to church. them on the head with the you Bible. Know, <laughs> you need to believe this Bible passage and that part. And you, you've got to win them with your love, just like mm -hmm. for a lonely person doesn't need somebody to tell them, you know, mm -hmm. you got to read the Bible more and you got to do this and then you won't be lonely. It's like, yeah, so, it's true, but it's... So what do we do if within our own church or sphere of friends that we have, we have people that are spiritually single? 
we got to reach out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not talking about a guy reaching out to a, 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 another lady <laughs> who's good. married. Not, not good. good. But <laughs> as a family or girl to girl or guy to guy. Right. But it is important that if we know somebody who is um, doesn't have a spiritual partner, spouse, we got to reach out right, because right. there's a real need. And I, and I have friends in this situation and, you know, just having spiritual conversation is so important. It's a just, little just, bit... Just like, I know what you were going to say, just like a mom who's looking right, after little children, right, she, she just, just wants to have some adult conversation. Right, right, <laughs> right. And it's a little bit like the spiritually single person. They long for spiritual discussion and conversation. Right. So look for opportunities to reach out to people who you know might be in that situation. Maybe... Maybe they've never said they are. Maybe you only suspect that they are. Either way, you can still reach out to them and the Lord will use that in all kinds of ways. We're going to have to wrap it up just for Mm -hmm. the sake of time. But I think our takeaway is if you are lonely, you got to reach up you got to reach out. Mm-hmm. And if you're not lonely, you're part of a good establishment, you got to watch for the people that are likely to be lonely. Maybe the, there's been a death or maybe they're spiritually single. or um, And don't just go by, you know, the the appearances you gotta you gotta right. prod around a little right. bit right and and underneath all of this i would just say many times in the bible it says i will never leave you nor Amen. forsake you Amen. he is the ultimate one that can fulfill our hearts with with the heart of loneliness yeah next week we're going on to wise words for families you know there's a lot of I instruction i took a sneak peek i did too <laughs> there's a lot of instruction for families in, in the, the book sp- of proverbs <laughs> <laughs> and we're, we're going to go through that next week so join us then god bless from paul and carolyn here at the home place